G'day, g'day everyone. Welcome to the Chasing Travels podcast, where you can hear about all things travel, conservation, wild adventures, and anything and everything else in between. I'm Alicia, a full-time eco-traveler with a passion to inspire and teach others about this big, wide world that we live in. And I'll be chatting to people from all over the globe who will share their stories and get you excited and pumped up to get out there. All right, guys, let's get chasing. Here we go. We have got Hannah on the line today and she is dialing in from Hawaii. Yeah, she's living the dream over there. We actually met in the Philippines doing some beach cleanups and some diving and all the rest of the things that you do out on the islands. And now she's ended up over in Hawaii. So I'm so excited to dive in and learn all about your adventures, Hannah, what you've done, what you're doing now and what's your plans for the future. Thank you so much for jumping on today. Yeah, thank you. Aloha. Aloha. <laughs> Do people actually say that everywhere in Hawaii or is that just uh, on the movies? Oh, no. A hundred percent. Every single day, even on our boats, we say aloha and mahalo. Oh, really? I love it. I've never been to Hawaii. Yeah, well, hey, you, you know me, so you can come out anytime. Yeah, awesome. Okay, I'll catch a flight uh, next week. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you soon. <laughs> All right, Hannah. So I'm just going to fire some quick questions at you so that people can learn a little bit about you. Um, Where are you from originally? So originally I'm from Fort Wayne, Indiana. So right in the Midwest, away from the ocean. Uh Um, And then I actually went to school um, in Mississippi. So I went from Midwest to South. Uh And then after school, I decided to take a leap of faith, literally. Um, I studied hospitality management. And I found a way to get to Australia on a working holiday visa. Excellent. And, yeah. And because of that, I found my passion for the ocean, really. So <laughs> it's only been about four or five years of really diving into all things ocean and all things conservation and caring for the ocean itself. Amazing. I love that. So you've done a bit of travel since your time in Australia? Yeah. So um, after Australia... I was I worked towards my second year holiday visa. And for those that don't know, if you work as an American three months north of the tropics of Capricorn, I chose Exmouth, Western Australia, uh, mm-hmm. to do that. You get a second year visa. So whenever you apply for it, you can actually leave the country. So that's what I did. I actually went to Indonesia and did my dive master on a liveaboard in the Komodo National Park, which was awesome. <laughs> and then I ended up in the Philippines, and um, I would be coming back to Australia, but obviously. The state of the world right now is not allowing it, but Hawaii is the next best thing. Hey, yeah, there are worse places to be stuck. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) And where's been your favorite destination throughout all your travels? See, that's an unfair question. (laughs) Every single place has its own gem, but, you know, I think Indonesia was really it for me just because my passion and my desire was to go and do my dive master and start being a professional diver. So Mm -hmm. I think because of that, it just made such an impact on me. And also it being the first third world country I ever been to, it was real. it was a lot of learning, um, as a learning moment for me too, just to see how other people live in another country, let alone in a third world country. So, um, yeah, it was pretty spectacular to get to know the people that were there. Yeah, I bet. And I like, I hate that question too. If someone asked me best destination, ah, <laughs> oh, no, I can't answer it. I'll give you top three. Um, 
but it really does make a difference. Like the people that you meet, the experiences that you have, how involved in a community you became really just adds to that experience of loving uh, or not loving a destination so much. Absolutely. And, you know, I have to say Philippines, I'm going to, I'm going to scratch that. Philippines was number one because I met you. Oh, yes, of course. (laughs) Uh, 10 points here. This is the best podcast ever. (laughs) But in in all honesty, I mean, all places were incredible. Australia was even incredible. I wish I could go back and hopefully one day I could. It's, but like you said, I mean, I learned most of my conservation, um, or got into conservation due to Australia. And that is really the main reason why I ended up going over to the third world countries anyway. So it's all, it's all one love. <laughs> yeah. I'm definitely keen to come back to that and see what really just kicked that fire off in you to get into all the conservation thing. Yeah. Um, all right. So Hannah, if you were stuck on an island, what three things couldn't you live without? Um, definitely my fins, mask and snorkel because I have to be in the ocean. Yes, perfect. Is that three things or is that one group of things? I see it is a group of things, but I'm going to just stretch it out because I think that if I was stuck on an, an island, that's all I'd want to do anyway. That's true. I mean, maybe a, a pot would probably be good to, you know, boil some water and I don't know. Yeah, I'd you might want to drink a little bit of water so you can survive a little bit longer. <laughs> yeah, that would be really important. <laughs> but no, priorities come first. Um, okay. Recreation is number one. Yeah, 100%. Um, pina coladas or espresso martinis? So I'm absolutely crazy. And if I have coffee, I turn even wilder. So <laughs> I have to say, I'm amazing at making uh, espresso martinis. I used to make them in Exmouth, actually. Yeah. Uh, but pina coladas, for sure. Okay, love it. I'm a bit like that too. Put coffee in. It's like, woo, let's go. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but they're so delicious. Like it's just like 10 times higher. People can't handle it. <laughs> Oh, shame on them. <laughs> um, sunrise or sunset? Uh, you know, this one I go back and forth with. I think sunset, just because afterwards, you know, you had a long day, whether it was good or bad, and you get to then see the sunset and then see the stars and just kind of take it all in and reflect on the day. So I have to say sunset. And yeah, I'm a night owl. So early mornings, unless I'm going on a dive boat, I'm sleeping in. <laughs> And I agree with that sunset. It's sort of, it's almost like a cleansing thing. Like if you did have an average day, the sun goes down. Okay. Yep. Tomorrow's a new day. And yeah, I like it. Reflect on the the good times that you had for the day. Exactly. Um, I feel like this is probably a stupid question to ask you, but mountains or beaches? Beaches. (laughs) (laughs) I do love the mountains. I do. I like my, when we did my dive master, uh, Sarah and I, she was a dive master with me. We went to Munduk in Bali and we were looking at each other like, we, we just want to see the mountains. We've been in the water every single day. So it is a nice refresher, but definitely mountain or definitely, <laughs> definitely beach. <laughs> yeah. All right. And final quick question for you. If you could go anywhere tomorrow, where would it be? You know, I'd go to the Philippines and see my six puppies. I had to leave. Oh behind. no. Did you, had you yeah. adopted them or? No, um, because we didn't know COVID was going to be, mm. you know, happening. We kind of, we took in four dogs and I, I honestly would have adopted them because I would have stayed a little bit longer, but, um, no, th- we just took care of them, got them, 
they were puppies. They were little, little puppies and they were covered in fleas and we took care of them. We got them all their vaccine, like all the shots and we got them neutered and spayed. So they're doing good, but it would be nice to see them again because that was a quick, uh, had to say goodbye too quick. Yeah. Is, um, are they with Jackie's other hundreds of thousands of dogs? I wish because we took such good care of them. (laughs) 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 But yeah, the whole animal rescue and kindness, uh, they have their own uh, shelter out there, which is pretty awesome. So she helped us out getting the, uh, like the better price for neuter and spade. And Mm -hmm. she helped us along the way a lot, but no, they're actually with a family next to the house that I was living in. So they're, they're taken care of. Oh, that's good. At least, at least they got to go to a family. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And like you said, you'll be back to visit them one day. Yes. And I will see you there as well. Yeah. hundred percent. All right, Hannah. So you left America, you took a leap of faith and headed to Oz. So was there a fire in you always for travel or this was just an out of the blue thing? I'm going to Australia and who knows what's going to happen. How did it all begin and what happened? (laughs) Tell me your travel story. (laughs) Um, so basically from a young age, my mom's always been a free spirit and always been an adventure. And we, we, growing up, we did go on awesome vacations. Like we go to the Caribbean and we went on a cruise once my mom and I, when I was like seven. So we've always kind of taken that leap of faith early on. And she kind of instilled it in me growing up. She said, you know, the world is too big to stay in one place. If you want to, that's fine, but maybe don't. <laughs> so she really pushed me out of my comfort zone. And I think once I went to school, cause I did obviously go from Indiana to Mississippi. It was pretty far away. It was like a 10 hour drive. Um, she's like, you know, if you don't want to stop, don't stop. She said, you can figure it out. <laughs> and I looked online and found a way to get over to Australia. And I kind of pinpoint on the map. I was like, well, what's the farthest place I could go to? Not that it is. Cause I think England is somewhere in, over there, but, um, yeah. So I chose Australia because they had, you know, the program to be able to work and travel for a year. Um, but I don't know. Now I'm kind of in a place where I'm like, all right, do I want to keep traveling or do I want to stay in Hawaii and experience this and go on vacations? But time will tell. Yeah. It's funny. Hey, like I, I'm sort of going through the same motions. Like when we could travel, it was just, yep, yep. There's a flight I'm going, or, you know, you're in Asia and you're on the next bus to some other random country or boat to an Island. And yeah, you almost get into this like settled, but I mean, I think it's good because you, we're just dealing with what we have, um, mini adventures and all that sort of thing, sort of the only way to stay sane. Yeah. And we're lucky that we can. Yes, absolutely. And that's why everything that's going on now is just like, man, you just wish you could get on a plane and go somewhere. But at the same time, it's making us all sit and kind of reflect on the things we've done already and the things that we could potentially do in the future. So it's a nice little reset. It is. It is definitely for us and for the environment. Um, oh, absolutely. Yeah. So how did you, know you what want- they found? Oh, yeah. you go. They saw a blue whale and orcas at Napoling dive site in the Philippines a couple weeks after, um, or a couple of months after, I guess, when everything shut down, they were having just like the most random species wow. coming in that they're not used to seeing. So that yeah. was really amazing. Well, I was talking to a guy um, yesterday from the Philippines and he was locked down on Boracay and he's like, they have whale sharks now and they haven't seen whale sharks in years and years and years and years. And now there's, they're just cruising past. So he said that the ocean is just saying, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. That's, That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, so how did you end up in Exmouth? 
I ended up in Exmouth because I was living on Lord Howe Island. It was a small island off the coast of Sydney. It's about six miles long. Uh, I was working one day and a nice lady came in to <laughs> dine with us. And I was chatting with her and she ended up staying for a week. And by the end of it, she handed me her business card because she was familiar with the working holiday visa. And I told her I had no idea what I was doing after my six months. <laughs> and she said, perfect. I co-own, she owns it with a couple, a couple other people. Uh the Manta Rays Dengaloo Beach Resort in Exmouth. And she said, I know that you love to dive because we had talked about that a million times. And she said, there are whale sharks that are coming through there. So really, it was just a beautiful meeting with a lady that gave me an incredible opportunity. <laughs> That's great. That doesn't happen every day. <laughs> Does not at all. She completely changed the direction of what I was ever expecting to do over there. So it was pretty astounding. Yeah. And so um, for people that don't know much about Exmouth, how would you describe it to someone that's never heard of the place or never been there? So it's a really small town, but there's still about 2000 locals there. It used to be actually be an American base, which I found out later on, which is pretty cool. About 1999, they switched back over to like the Australian government, you know, took it back. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's a really neat town. And obviously there's two or three dive centers. So it's small in that aspect, but because of that, there's just so much to see under the water. Um, it's definitely a saltier sea. That's something I noticed right off the bat. Um, there's some cool breweries over there. It's, it's more of a hippie town, I would say too. Like, you know, you have people in their vans and people that are traveling and you've got backpacker hostels. Uh, so it's just a really nice, quaint, hippie town, I yeah. guess you could say. Good vibes yeah. there. Great vibes there. I <laughs> loved it. That's awesome. So you you rocked up to Exmouth and you got in contact with this lady and then did you just jump in the water and go, holy crap, I love the ocean. Here's my career. <laughs> yeah. Here's my passion. Yeah, actually it was Lord Howe that really sprung my career because it was the first place that I had been. So when I was in, in Lord Howe Island, so on the east side of Australia, um, that's what I was doing on every off day because the island was so small and I had already done all of the hikes. Uh, so that was where my passion really started. But then, yeah, once I got over to Exmouth, it was a no-brainer that I was going to Indonesia to do my dive master and then maybe someday go back and work in Australia again. So we'll mm-hmm. see. Yeah, we'll see. Lots of, um, we'll see what happens, hey? Honestly, it's the whole, it's our whole life story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's good. That's good. We don't Keeps know. It. We just pack <laughs> our bag and go. <laughs> that's it. Keeps it interesting. It's true. And why did you want to go and do your dive master in Indo? I actually, a lot of my friends that were in Lord Howe, they were saying, you know, if you go somewhere to learn, you want to go somewhere that has very uh, difficult diving. So it's not necessarily difficult for people that are coming to travel. Um, They have really intense currents over there. But if you are working in the industry over there and you're, you know, protecting your divers, it can be very challenging because you can have up currents, down currents, um, obviously just currents in general. So it's just a very uh, nerve wracking environment to learn in. So I was talking to the guys at ProDive, Lord Howe, because there's only one dive center there. And they said, yeah, if you can learn and teach and dive in Komodo, you can dive it anywhere. So it was more of, I'm one of those thrill seekers that if it's the most intense type of diving or the intense type of anything, I'm going to go straight towards it. <laughs> so I think, I think it's prepared me uh, definitely because even here in Hawaii, like we have currents that come out of nowhere and mm. sometimes there's low visibility. I mean, we're in the middle of the Pacific, so it's definitely, it was a good place to learn. Yeah. And so you said you did a liverboard over there? 
Yeah, we worked on a liveaboard. Uh, we only did four day tours with them. They they did seven day tours, but we mainly would do um, day trips. But we also got to go on three liveaboards, which was quite awesome. So we got to understand the ins and outs of living on a boat in the middle of an Indonesian island, <laughs> and we also would do beach cleanups every time at Gililawa Dewat, which was amazing. We had little deer that would come and hang out with us as well. Aww. So lots of opportunities. Yeah. And you were in Komodo, on Komodo Island, right? Yes. So I wasn't living on Komodo Island. I was actually living on Labuan Bajo. So it's on the Flores Island, but Komodo National Park, it comes like you get there from Labuan Bajo. Mm -hmm. But you can stay in Komodo. They've got the Komodo dragons. You got to be really careful. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so we stayed in a little fishing village right outside of it. Okay, that's cool. And do these Komodo dragons like come swimming at you and... They're a bit fierce or, yeah? They can, but uh, what's really interesting about them is they they have small arms and legs, yeah. (laughs) And they don't actually dive down. So there are some areas like Byrincha Island where we went to actually go tour with them on our liveaboards and they are in the channel. So if you're diving nearby, you do have to check above you to make sure that they're not there. Are they (laughs) going to attack you? Likely no. And really their, their bite is actually what's detrimental if they bite you or they bite an animal it's because they have so much bacteria in their mouth Mm. so that's actually the problem that you run into if you do get attacked by one but they i mean you're not going to if you at least like watch around (laughs) and if you do get bitten by a komodo then you can call up hannah and be like ah i got bitten (laughs) and i heard on the podcast So the guys on the island they all have sticks so they all have you basically have a bodyguard once you're there like the entire time but they live with them. So like you'll go to the mess hall, like where they eat and they'll have sticks with them no matter where they go or they go to the bathroom. They have sticks with them to keep them away. Jeez. It's like the monkeys. They're always carrying sticks to shoo away <laughs> the monkeys and they got sticks to shoo away the Komodo dragons. Exactly. Yeah. I have heard about those currents in Komodo because I did my dive masters on Gilly Tea and sort of had wished that I got an opportunity to go over there for exactly that reason of the crazy currents, the up, down, round and round. Um, and living on a boat too, that's just like a whole nother kettle of fish for training for something like that. So that's ripper that you've done that there and you'll have all this experience for when those crazy things happen, which hopefully they won't happen too often. And Knock on some wood. <laughs> yes, that's right. And due to those currents, uh, the, uh, the, the fish diversity and coral diversity is amazing over there, I would imagine, right? It's unbelievable you hop in and you just don't even know you're honestly at a loss for words because you look in one direction and it's you know 15 different fish species just in like that small area then you turn to the next side and you see sharks coming in you see manta rays coming in constantly and it's just it's unbelievable (laughs) anyone that wants to go it's in the coral triangle so philippines indonesia you know any of those areas like go it's so unbelievable Maybe we could plan a trip for people that want to go and experience that. As soon as the world opens up, we'll do a two-week Komodo experience. Absolutely. My friend, she has a company out there called Zool Unlimited, and they are amazing. They would love to have us. There you go. There's a (laughs) shout-out. Shout-out to Zool Unlimited. Woohoo! No, 100%. I would would drop everything I'm doing and head out that way with you. Awesome. All right. It's a date. We'll get everyone onto it. <laughs> so then you you completed your dive master there and then decided Philippines was the next adventure? 
Yes and no. I was actually waiting for my second year holiday visa to come through. And I figured that it would before Indonesia ended. And I was at the end of my trip. I had three days left. And I said, oh no, my visa is still not approved. What am I going to do? Where am I going to (laughs) go? So, you know, go back on trusty Google and start Googling. (laughs) I could do my instructor course maybe in Indonesia. or Maybe I could go crazy and take it. I think it was a $60 flight to Philippines. Oh, how so, <laughs> yeah. So that's what I chose to do. I said, okay, I'm going to go ahead and go right into my instructor course, which I was not planning to do. Um, and honestly, I was a little bit eerie because, you know, they say you should spend some time doing your dive master before jumping into the next one. But quite honestly, I've realized that I'm better as a teacher than I am as like a dive guide. I just, I like that hands-on experience with new divers. So mm-hmm. it's just, yeah, it's whatever you're interested in. But yeah, so I wasn't planning on actually going to the Philippines at all. I had a three-day grace period and I made, you know, the decision and got on the plane. Oh, that's awesome. And you wound up in, where was Bohol. Bohol. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say Alona, but I was like, no, that's the beach. <laughs> Bohol. <laughs> Alona Beach, yeah. Yeah, Alona Beach. And how long were you there? How long does it take to complete your dive instructor? So the dive instructor surprisingly takes two weeks. Oh, okay. But I, yeah, so it's, it's like an intense uh, book and in the water teaching training. So it's two weeks long, every single day forever. Um, Not to scare anyone that wants to go into it. It's it's eat, sleep, dive, repeat, essentially. And um, after that, though, there's an opportunity to go to your MSDT, so your Master Scuba Diver Trainer, where you get to teach 25 classes and you get up to five extra certifications that you can teach. So Mm -hmm. I went that route. So I just stayed and continued on. I was there for about six months, but the whole training really the MSDT training is depending on how many students you can teach. So mine took about two and a half to three months. And then the rest of it, I actually got to then stay and teach. Oh, that's cool. And were you working while doing this or were you sort of like working for them and it was getting paid off, like the course was getting paid off or did you just save up a ton of money and go for it? Yeah, I saved up a ton of money in Australia because you guys have amazing wages. (laughs) Um, and I basically, I worked for free there. So yeah. Yeah. Would you say that's the best way to go for someone that might be interested in doing something like this? I think, yes. I think Australia is an amazing starting point because if you do just, you know, truck through 55 hour weeks, like just make your money and work your butt off you can go to Southeast Asia and live there. I lived in Southeast Asia for, uh, how long? Long enough, almost a year. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and I still had money in the bank, even due to COVID. Like when I came home, I think I had $65 left, but I I made it, you know, I stretched it out. So it is possible to do. It's so true. I mean, Australia, we're very lucky to have those high wages. Obviously it's expensive to live here, but yeah, if you can just work, 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 sleep, work, sleep, work, sleep, and then head over to Asia, you're like a, a king or a queen over there. It's great. It's amazing. But you also, although you have high or um, high living expenses, like what I did is I worked in the hospitality industry and I worked at a lodge that housed me actually. Uh-huh. So my expenses were only $300 a month for oh, my house perfect. and my food. Wow. So there are, there are ways around it to where you can actually save a good bit of money. Yeah. Well, actually we it's just did about- a gig out um, west from Brisbane and yeah, it was the same. The lodging was free we had to pay for our food, our own food, but yeah, we just saved a ton of money and just work, 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 work. And there's not really much out to do out there. So it's great. Good place to save. Is that like a work away or are they called? Um, it wasn't a work away, but it was kind of that. Yeah. 
Now you're over in Hawaii. What are you doing over there? So over here, I am working at a dive center called Reef Pirates. If you're ever in Oahu, come on over. <laughs> Reef Pirates? Um, Reef Pirates Diving. It's in a Hawaii area. So it's on the east side of Oahu. And yeah, we basically take people out in Mauna Loa Bay. We have some amazing wreck sites here and some awesome, we have turtles galore. That's something I was not expecting at all. There's turtles everywhere. Oh, this nice. one site called Coco Craters. Yeah. Uh, so that's been amazing. And on top of diving, I also work at a coral restoration nursery on Sand Island out here. It's through the government. Uh, so it's really nice. And we're basically, it's a husbandry setting. So instead of being out in the water, uh, working with corals, like I'm used to doing, like with you, um, we actually work with corals in our tanks and we're taking care of them so that they can be outplanted mm-hmm. due to like <clears throat> ships that have bumped into them or dredging for projects that they're working on. So we basically just maintain the corals that they have had to dig up. We mm-hmm. take care of them and then they put them back. Oh, that's a great idea. Yeah, but then I'm also working, <laughs> so I'm doing like a ton of things, Good. Uh, but that's super common in Hawaii. You know, if you, if you're living here, you have the right to pass it. You got to work like three, four five jobs. <laughs> um, but I'm also working at the Waikiki Aquarium, not specifically with them, but I'm helping a researcher uh, watch their Pride's corals. So. so you're the coral guru. I'm turning into one. It feels like, yeah. Yeah, that's good. And so you're studying as well as doing all this work? Yeah. So I was going to be, and then I found out that you can get in-state tuition if you take a year off. So Ah. I'm applying for in-state tuition and I'm going to work, 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 and learn as much as I can at this coral nursery. And then, yeah, I'll be going back to school for marine biology. That's amazing. I love that. And you've really just found your passion and just gone all in on it. Yes. I, I, I swear if you have a passion, anyone has a passion and you eat, live, sleep, breathe it all. You have to go for it because life is too darn short. As we all know now with everything that's going on, you got to yeah. go for your passion. 100%. And do you ever have down days? Like, I mean, we're only human and that's normal, but do you have down days and what keeps you inspired to get out there and just go for it again? Do you ever go down the doom and gloom or are you just like, no, 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 we've got this, but we've got this. <laughs> A hundred percent. I think my high energy I'm on when I'm working and I'm doing my thing, but yeah, I definitely have to decompress. And I think that the best way for me to recharge is honestly just to have like that time in your bed watching Netflix, you know, just being like, okay, everything's going to be all right. I just worked (laughs) my funds off and now it's just time to have some me time. Um, But I do find there is a, in particular here, there's a spot called Spitting Caves. And one day I did feel pretty down. I was like, man, I've been doing it all and I'm just over, over exerting myself. I just don't know what to do. And like I said, look it up, spitting caves. It's so beautiful. And you basically just stand on all these amazing outcroppings, I guess, of, of rock. And it looks out to the sea and that just like nourishes my soul too. Oh, nice. Yeah. But Netflix, so it's Netflix or spitting caves for me. Perfect. (laughs) Turn the brain off for Netflix and just immerse yourself in nature with the caves. Exactly. Yeah. Do you ever find too that like when you're working with people, it helps you keep, it helps keep you inspired because you have those moments where you have someone come in and maybe they don't know anything about coral and how you grow it and how to save a reef. And then you just like, well, this is this and this and this and this. And they walk away like, oh my God, Hannah, that was the best day ever. I've learned so much. And now I'm going to go and do all these things. Does that give you those feel good moments? Or do you have them? A hundred percent. And I think that's where the benefit lies with the two particular jobs that I'm in right now, because 
for one, the diving, if you're on a dive site and someone says, Hey, what was that? You can educate them right away. And because it's a new experience for them, if they're a new diver, they're just beaming with happiness. And that definitely recharges, like you're saying the doom and gloom. Like if I'm ever feeling, you know, ugh, and you go out there and you just see someone's face light up because they've seen it for the first time. It keeps you going. And then at the nursery too, we have volunteers that work with us. So they're constantly asking questions and they're so, they're like sponges. Like they just want to know all the information. So it's definitely, yeah. Yeah. Yes, to answer your question. <laughs> <laughs> How about the, the plastic over there? Like does Hawaii have a trash problem or are they all pretty onto it and it's pretty clean? It's horrendous. Is it? Yeah, because they're, I mean, Hawaii's in the Pacific, so it's part of all that big current that's just swimming in plastic. Yeah, it's something, quite honestly, like a friend of mine, she lives out here and she told me before I came, but I really wasn't anticipating how bad it is. And I do have wow. to say it is a big city as well. Like they have put a big city on a small landmass. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of humans, there's a lot of waste, but quite honestly, there's more waste here. In, on the beaches, in the water, even some places than in Indonesia, the Philippines. Like, wow. I, I mean, we did beach cleanups over there and, you know, I was blown away, but here there's just microplastics, you know, the small plastics that just degrade, 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 but they never go away mm. all over the beaches here. I mean, there's not a single time I've been on a beach that I haven't seen. I couldn't have picked up at least two, four, five, six handfuls of plastic. Yeah. Wow. And that goes next to your hundreds of thousands of turtles that you have swimming around every day. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's heartbreaking. And not yeah. to mention, obviously fishermen too, you know, the other day we saw a turtle with a line and then a weight as well. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not supposed to touch them, but we did the very best we could without getting, you know, getting handsy or anything, but there's just nothing we could do. So. Yeah. And sometimes it's that gray area too. Like, okay, I know I'm not meant to touch it, but also if mm-hmm. I can help this turtle to the best of our ability, it's better than not trying anything at all. Right. Hundred percent. It's it's you can't not help. <laughs> you yeah. can't not. Yeah. And so but back, but back to plastic. Like, I mean, it is it's there's plastic all over the street anyway, in any street, any town, any city. Mm. Um, but the fact that we're so close to the ocean, it's a very big disadvantage. And also the Great Pacific garbage patch that's out there too, constantly bringing more so on Big Island, but definitely we get the remnants from that as well. How close is Hawaii to that patch? You know, I don't know 100% sure. Hmm, I really have to find that out. But I know it's like, I mean, it's a massive landmass. Yeah. And really, like, everyone has this idea of, oh, you know, you will get on a boat and swim, like, you know, go to it and you'll just see all this plastic. But it's not the case. It's just a massive landmass that has plastic just constantly everywhere. Like, it's diluted mm. enough, it's spread out enough that it's just constantly everywhere. It's not just some, like, you know, you see on Five Ocean, you know, the, Mm. the bracelets are for ocean how they have pictures where like the trash is just everywhere Mm. it's not like that it's more of spaced out but still is definitely a problem because it's so spaced out yeah yeah and it's hard because like so many people um think that it might be coming from hawaii or it's coming from asia or you know it's coming from northern beaches of australia but it's all just you know this one big cycle that's just spinning around out there the ocean currents are just making the plastic travel more than we're traveling at the moment. Um, And it doesn't matter how much you clean up, it's still going to end up there every single tide that comes in. Which is why we need people like you and other people to keep putting the word out there that, hey, single-use plastic is cool. (laughs) No, no, no. (laughs) Plastic is not cool. It's not cool. (laughs) 
<laughs> reusables are cool. Yes, reusables are cool. Is Hawaii onto that? Like are the Hawaiian locals into the reusables and the bulk food shops and uh, plastic-free alternatives? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That is something that blew my mind here. Um, just an example of many, any of the shopping malls, they don't have any plastic bags and mm-hmm. you have to pay for 10 cents, which I think Australia does that too, don't they? Yeah. They get to pay. Yeah. So that was something I was not expecting because I'm sure there are coastal cities that do it, but I have never been in a U.S. state that has mm-hmm. you know, said, Hey, do you have a bag? If not, it's 10 cents. <laughs> That's so good. Yeah. And it makes people think too. You're like, Oh, I don't want to take well, I don't want to pay 10 cents for a bag that I'm going to use once. And I love seeing people like that have forgotten their bags, trying to walk out to the car with all their groceries, like piling up. Oh, I got this. Someone get the car door for me. (laughs) Like, I'm not going to buy another bag. I have plenty. What's the future hold for you? You got the studying happening and are you going to be planting corals for the next foreseeable future or are you going to rebuild some reef somewhere? All of the above. All of the above. (laughs) And uh, for sure, I'll be diving. So I think my main thing is I don't want to ever stop diving. I don't ever want to stop teaching diving because I think it's a a really amazing opportunity to be able to just have conversations, chats like this, you know, with just random, not random people, but people that are new to the ocean experience if they're new or just people that love the ocean in general. So it's constantly circulating that conversation and constantly educating. So that's going to 100% be in my future diving, teaching on the boats day in and day out. But the rest of it is kind of up in the air at the moment. There's just so many opportunities within coral, you know, mammal research. I just, I cannot choose one. That's great. You've got plenty of time to have a taste of all of it. I think the beauty too of diving is that, like you said before, you've got people just seeing it right there in front of them. It's not like, you know, you watch it on a documentary or something and you go, oh, that's beautiful. But then, you know, you go away, you go to bed or you go to work and you might forget about it. But when you've actually immersed yourself underwater and you're seeing all this beauty around you and then, you know, you see the plastic floating above you, that's like a real kick up the bum for someone to be like, holy shit, I need to do something or I can make a change here so that this isn't going to be what my kids and my grandkids see. Well, and that's where the value lies too, you know? And I always, I always think about this because I grew up in the Midwest, no ocean around me. I've been to the ocean, I've been to Florida, but it wasn't a strong pull to me, you know? It wasn't something that I really would sit there and be like, man, you know, I wish that we would stop polluting our ocean because I didn't see it out of sight, out of mind. So yeah. because of that, I, I just wish, and I think that diving is a really great, way to get people that are inland to come out to Florida, wherever they're vacationing Hawaii and being able to be on the ocean. And because they're underwater and they're submerged and they're seeing maybe, like you said, plastic float by. Like the other day I found a truly can and I was, you know, I picked it up and showed all my customers and they were like, I can't believe you found that. And I said, yeah, and there's so much more too. So they're all appalled by this information that they're now going to take back to, you know, someone was from Texas and another was from Virginia. I'm like, Another, I don't know, it was from Idaho one time and they're like, I'm going to have to tell my friends. This is crazy. So it's like things that they see online, but now they're seeing in person, which is going to cause that ripple effect. Yeah. So I think diving is really valuable in the sense of conservation and physically being able to be present in the ocean environment. And even, yeah, just like getting out on the beaches, like for all these people that do live inland and maybe they don't get to see the ocean as often as you and I do, getting out there and seeing the plastic on the beaches and 
having one person out of 10 people is exactly what we need to go home and then go, yeah, I'm going to tell my friends. Like you said, the ripple effect is the reason why I thought I'd start a podcast. And so someone listens to it and goes, oh, I heard these two birds talking about planting coral and plastic and Hawaii. And I don't really know what they're rambling on about, but yeah, I think I need to make a change somewhere. <laughs> oh, Hannah, this has been no, epic. I love and what I'm, you're doing. Yeah, well. I'm just going to dive 100%. in and see what happens. Confidence is key. And quite honestly, like you said, I mean, you've met so many people in your travels. I already know it because meeting you, it was like night and day. I was like, wow, this person is well-traveled. You're obviously chasing clean coast, which is very valuable. <laughs> so perfect name for your, you know, your organization, I guess you would call it, but or your travel group. Yes. Thank you, Hannah. No, and that's good. I think podcast <laughs> is a brilliant way because we're all, you know, we we drive to work, we walk to work, we're constantly listening to our headphones, and people like you will get people inspired. So I think it's it's amazing. Well, I appreciate that. That'll kick me up the butt again today to go and do some more shows. Hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent. Do it. Don't stop. No, I won't. And you neither. This has been epic, Hannah. I'm really glad that we could figure out the time zones and make this happen. I've got one final question for you. All right. If there was a stage in front of the world and you could stand on it for 30 seconds and tell the world anything at all, what would it be? I would say get out of your comfort zone, do the thing you fear, and the death of fear is certain. And I think that that applies to any, anything in your life that you could just go out and make a change, make an impact, even if it was you're doomed and you're going to fail or maybe you won't fail at all. You go out there and you make the change. And if it, I mean, it's something as small as going out and, you know, saying, hey, maybe don't use plastic today because we want to keep these sea turtles safe. We want to keep any of the ocean and, you know, inhabitants safe. Just, I think, I think we stand in our own way as far as our comfort zones. And I think that the biggest way for change is for us to get out of that and to start experiencing things that we wouldn't normally experience. Jeez, mic drop there. <laughs> no, but, <laughs> mic drop, walk away, throw the roses on the stage. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love that. And on that note, I think this has been absolutely ripper. Uh, thank you so much again, Hannah. And let's definitely keep in touch. So if people wanted to find you and find out some more information about coral and sea turtles and Hawaii in general, where can they find you and where can they find out some more information? Yeah. So the best way to find me is on Instagram. It's ebhanflow. So it's E-B-B-H-A-N-F-L-O-W, like an ebb and flood tide, but Mm -hmm. my name in the middle. (laughs) Got to get creative. Yeah. Um, And I also have have a website. It's ebhanflow.com. And on there, I I will soon uh, be posting up coral conservation classes. Um, I had been teaching them live, but I'm now actually in the process of recording them so that you can do it on your own time in your own space. Um, And especially because the time zones are different all over the world. Um, so definitely jump on there. And obviously, if you come to Hawaii or Oahu, call me up, get on Instagram, and I'll get you to go diving. Yeah, perfect. Let's let's keep in touch about the coral online live things. Like maybe we could tee up a bit of a live Facebook coral workshop sort of thing. Oh, that would be brilliant. Yeah. All right, Absolutely. guys, All stay right. tuned. This is going to happen. <laughs> stay tuned. <laughs> All right, dude, have a ripper day, and we'll talk to you soon. Uh, Thank you. Mahalo. Mahalo. Alrighty, guys, that's a wrap for today's show. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you got any value from this, you learned something, or maybe you laughed just a little bit, hit the subscribe button, share it on your socials, and make sure that you tag me, Alicia Petrie. 
that's it from me. See you next week. Have a ripper day and get out there and get chasing.